Well, good evening, y'all, and happy Lord's Day. Thank you. It's great to see y'all, guys. Um, you know, going on a road trip, I was all by myself on those uh, thousand, couple thousand miles driving, and I had a lot of time to think and um, a lot of time to reflect and, and just remember things that God had done. And I, was, I remembered a story, I think I've told y'all this before, but it's worth repeating again because it was absolutely hysterical. Um, remember whenever I was a priest at St. Luke's, I was giving out communion, right? And, uh, and if a little kid comes up, I always give the blessing to the little kid and I give communion to the parent. Well, if you remember the story, I don't know if you do or not, but if you do, um, I gave, uh, was giving communion to the mom. I went to bless the kid first. <laughs> and the little kid looks up at me. He's about three years old. He looks at me and goes, give me some of that. <laughs> I was like, you're adorable. And the mom was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, ooh, it's okay. The body of Christ. Um, but I remembered that, right? That give me some of that. Uh, prophecy, <laughs> prophetic word for the little kid. And I thought, you know what? I pray like that sometimes. When I'm with God, you know, I'm, I, I do that, give me some of that prayer. Like, give me some of that, Lord. Like, you know, give me, give me that A on the test, Lord. You know, give me, give me that new job, Lord. You know, um, <clears throat> give me a new girlfriend, Lord. <laughs> Not now, but I'm just saying. Um, we, we do that, give me some of that prayer sometimes, right, with God. And, and we would say in a formal theological way that that's the prayer of petition. You're asking God for something. Give me some of that, right? Well, I think sometimes we can do this, give me some of that prayer, um, and it can be a little bit conditional, right? Again, I've done this several times, right? We put limitations, we put conditions on our prayer with God. It's, God, if you do this, I'll do that, right? That's the way the politics work. <laughs> if you do this for me, I'm going to do that for you, right? Um, but we do that with God sometimes, right? So, you know, God, if, if you give me an A on this test, I'm going to go to church next Sunday. <laughs> Woo! Right? Um, or, God, if you give me that job, then I'm going to tithe 10%. Or, you know, God, if, if you give me this relationship, this girl that I really want to start dating, if you give me that, I'll never ask for another girlfriend again. <laughs> that prayer ran out on me, right? <laughs> He's like, hey, you said that a thousand times, buddy. Sorry. You're done. Um, anyway... <laughs> But we do these things. We, we condition. We put conditions on God. You do this for me. You heal me. I'm going to live my life for you, right? We, we do these conditions, and it's really kind of uh, interesting how we do that with God. And I want to bring that up because of the first reading today. The first reading speaks about prayer, right, from the first book of Kings. There's a few different types of prayer, and then we're going to jump into only one of them. You have petition prayer. Give me some of that. You got meditation, and you have contemplation. Different types of prayer, just like you have different types of conversation, right? You have one conversation with a person, and it's very informal. How you doing? Good. How you been? Great. How's the family? Good. Okay, have a good day. I'll text you later. That would be like petition prayer, right? That's that informal type of prayer. And then you have the meditation, which you're reading God's Word. You're listening for something that, he, that stands out in the Word of God, this meditation. And then the contemplation is chewing it up, right? Um, so like in relationships, meditation would be we had a much deeper conversation. We had a heart-to-heart, -heart, I guess you'd say. That'd be like a meditation in prayer. You had a heart-to-heart -heart with someone. And then the contemplation would be like after you left that conversation, you're still thinking about it. You're chewing on it, right? So of those three types of prayer, we're just going to talk about petition tonight because I think it's probably the most common form of prayer that we do. And it's right here in the, in the readings today in, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 3. 
We, we see the situation with Solomon. Who was Solomon? Well, Solomon was King David's son. He was the one that's going to be the heir to the kingdom of Jerusalem. So King David died. Solomon is now rising up, and he is a mere youth. He's probably like the age of a college student who's given all this responsibility to be the king of Israel. <laughs> like, this is huge. And this young cat is shaking in his boots, right? He doesn't know how to govern a people. He doesn't know how to rule anything. He was a spoiled brat, the son of a king, raised up. And now all of a sudden, you got all the responsibility of the entire kingdom, one of the largest, on your shoulders. Good luck. That's where we find Solomon today. Solomon goes and he is sleeping, and God speaks to him in his dream. And listen to what God says to him. He says, God said to Solomon, Ask of me whatever you want. Period. That's kind of cool, right? God's saying, whatever you want, Solomon, ask of it, and I'm going to give it to you. And so what does Solomon ask for? The scriptures begin to go on and he begins to give praise to God for all the blessings he gave to his dad. And Solomon didn't sit there and ask for riches, for wealth, for, po for uh, power or prestige, for a good name, to be the strongest king in all the areas, to be able to conquer every other kingdom that comes around, to never lose a battle in war, to never make a mistake in leading these people. He didn't ask for that. Solomon asked for one thing. And this is what he says. He says, give to your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil. That's what Solomon wants. Basically, you could say in a nutshell, he wants wisdom. Right? He wants wisdom to be able to govern the people well, to be able to discern between good and evil. What a wonderful leader that must have been, huh? That he wasn't concerned with the politics. He just wanted to be able to lead his people and discern with a nation of people between good and evil and lead them on the right path, the gift of wisdom. My dad used to always say, he was like, son, he said, I, I pray that God gives me the wisdom of Solomon to raise y'all. Right? Not that he was a perfect dad, but he did have a gift of wisdom. And he was the guy that all the friends would want to come and talk to and ask questions to. Like, that was my dad. Like, like, he had a gift of wisdom. He could listen well. And so maybe you, you might remember that the first time you were holding that first little baby of yours, if you have kids, and you're holding that little kid, and you're like, God, I don't know what I'm doing with this. <laughs> it's going to start crying. You just stare at it. Like, I don't know what to do, buddy. You know, I can't talk to me. Um, and so what do you pray for in that moment? God, I need help. I need you to give me wisdom so I can raise this kid well. I don't want to mess up as a parent, and I don't want to mess that little bitty baby up, right? So you're praying for wisdom, and that's what Solomon is praying for. And so this prayer petition, <clears throat> God asks, what do you want me to do for you? I think he asks us that question too, right? What would you do if God, if you heard God say that to you? Sissy, what do you want me to do for you? Ask me, and I'm going to give it to you. She might say, well, you know, I work for the church. I need a raise. <laughs> that would be terrible. <laughs> but what is it? Like, what do you want me to do for you? Like, really, seriously, think about it. What would you say? If God could give you anything, 
what would you ask for? It's an important question to be able to answer. I know I've been in those moments where I've asked God, I've petitioned. And sometimes my petition, I felt went unheard. I was like, God, you didn't answer my prayer. And I don't really even think you heard what I was asking for, right? Sometimes we can be real serious about that, right? Like, honestly, how many times have we asked God for something and He didn't come through? He didn't answer our prayer. We petitioned. And He says it. Lord, you tell us right here in the Word. Ask and you're going to receive. Seek and you're going to find. Knock and the door is going to be open to you. And God, I asked. I sought you. I, I knocked on the door. But you didn't answer. What gives? Why doesn't God answer sometimes? And sometimes whenever that happens, when God doesn't answer those big prayers, sometimes people get discouraged. Well, I don't, I'm not going to talk to God no more. He didn't answer my prayer. I'm going to go and I'm going to have the bob in. I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to talk to him no more. <laughs> Did you have the bob in growing up? The big lip? You boudet? Yeah. Sometimes we do that with God. We get the bob in and we go walk away. We're like, I'm not going to talk to him. He didn't answer my prayer and this happened in my life and so I'm just going to ignore him and I'm mad. Like that's really what happens sometimes, especially with those big issues, those life issues, job issues, sickness, health, death. We get upset with him. Why? And it's legit. And we have to continue to work through that, right? Because God does want us to ask, right? And but sometimes we'll get discouraged. I love the word. I love to pick words apart. Y'all know that. I, I, what does this word discourage mean? Well, you look at the first word, dis, and then courage. So dis simply means away, right? Away with. Whenever... <laughs> Whenever, whenever I was in college and I was in the dating world, we'd go out to the Texas Longhorn and we'd go dancing. And so, you, you know, you wanted to, you know, you see that girl, you want to go talk to her. And so you go and you start talking to this girl and your friends are watching you to see if she was going to, what we would say, if she disses you. It's like, away with you. <laughs> you. You little vent and trash, go, right? <laughs> and that's what they say, oh, dude, she dissed you. Yeah, she, she's like, away with you. Go away. I don't, want, I don't want to talk to you. So dis means away. Courage comes from the word heart. Core. The heart. So if someone has courage, you could say they have heart. But if they're discouraged, it means the heart has moved away from courage. The heart moved away from standing strong. The heart moved away from steadfast and not moving. Right, And so many times when our prayers of petition go unanswered, we get discouraged. Our heart becomes feeble and we move away from God. Jesus teaches us how to pray. I love it. In the agony in the garden on Holy Thursday, what does he go and do? He goes into the agony in the garden and he makes a prayer of petition to the Father. He says, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. What cup? The cup of suffering. His human nature was recoiling at the idea and the full knowledge of the suffering he was about to undergo. His human nature recoiled in that. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Comma. But not my will, but yours be done. See, that's how Jesus didn't get discouraged. He presented his petition to the Father. Father, this is what I'm asking of you. Let this cup of suffering pass from me. 
But not what I want, but what you want. What your will to be done. See, that's how we're to pray. And that's where it gets difficult in these moments where we pray, we ask God, and it doesn't happen. We get discouraged because we prayed the gimme prayer and it just focused on me, right? I'll never forget whenever my brother was, uh, he had throat cancer, you all know that, and whenever he was dying, that was definitely the prayer. We stormed heaven's gates for healing. Lord, you are a healer and we know that you can heal him. And we prayed that prayer, oh my gosh, day after day after day. Time went on and we realized that that wasn't part of God's plan. That God had a much bigger plan than what we saw. See, God sees the big picture. He sees all of it. And God's big picture is that He wants to be in heaven for all of eternity with His children, with us. And so suffering is a part of the road in order to get to heaven. Like, that's just part of it. We've got to realize that. We've got to accept it. And so whenever we pray that this suffering would pass from us and it doesn't pass, we've got to put a comma there. And say, God, but not how I want it to happen, but how you want it to happen. But give me the grace to be able to endure whatever it is that you're asking of us, right? It's kind of like this, how God sees the big picture of things. What if you, um, you were in your kitchen and you saw your little three-year-old kid reaching up onto the cabinet to grab that nice little shiny knife that they see up there? What would you do? <laughs> would you freak out? <laughs> Yeah, you would freak out and you would run to that kid and you would take that knife away. Why? Because you're a terrible parent and you're disciplining them. How dare you? <laughs> no, it's because you love them and you see a much bigger picture than that three-year-old sees, right? You're saving that kid's life. And guess what? That kid is going to pitch a fit and he's going to cry and he's going to scream and throw himself on the floor because he wanted to play with that knife. But you're going, no, boo, not right now. You can't do that. You don't know what you're asking for right now. Maybe one day, but not now. Why? Because the parent sees the bigger picture than what the little kid does. And so many times whenever we ask God for something, we're like that little kid. I want it. I want it now. This is my prayer. This is my petition. Give me that. But God goes, no, not right now because I have a bigger picture. I know the big picture and I know the end of the story. And the end of the story is that the Father wants us to be with Him for all of eternity. So how do we get through this time, these days, this life of ours? Well, we see this prayer petition happen in Matthew's Gospel as well, chapter 20. It's really cool. Um, Peter, James, and John. James and John and Peter, they got to experience things that other apostles didn't. Well, James and John, so they were kind of like really tight with Jesus. And, but Jesus is now talking to all 12 of the apostles. And James and John are brothers, and their mom was there. And the mom looks to Jesus, and Jesus asks her, What do you want me to do for you? Kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? Kind of sounds like his dad's voice. <laughs> what do you want me to do for you? Jesus is asking the same question. God asked Solomon in the Old Testament, What do you want me to do for you? And so James and John's mom looks at Jesus, and he says to him, Command that these two sons of mine may sit one at your right and one at your left in your kingdom. <laughs> okay, wait. Pause. Command these two sons of mine to sit one at your left and one at your right. This is the highest seat of honor in the kingdom. Command that my two sons, forget about the other ten. I know they're important, but you know, my two sons are the most important. Command that they sit one at your left and one at your right. 
This is a big prayer. And what does Jesus do? I love this. In verse 22, Jesus looks at her and he says, boo-boo. You don't know what you're asking. He doesn't say boo-boo, but he does say, (laughs) he looks at her and he says, you don't know what you're asking. Period. Straight up. You don't know what you're asking me. You're asking to have your son sit in glory. Do you know what that's going to cost? And this is what he says. He turns to James and John. And he says, Are you able to drink of the chalice that I am going to drink? And they said, We are. So, Mom says, let them sit in your glory, and Jesus speaks about their death. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Appreciate that. Right? Jesus says, can you drink from the chalice, that cup of suffering that I'm going to drink from? Mom is making a petition, and Jesus goes, if you want the glory, you got to have the cross. Are you willing to drink of the suffering, the cup that I'm going to drink from? Okay, that's an important piece. I'm going to drink from it. That gave Peter, I mean, that gave James and John the courage, the purpose for suffering. Because Jesus did it first. I'm going to drink from the cup, Jesus says. Can you drink from the cup I'm going to drink from? And not get discouraged? And not lose heart? Can you do it? And whenever you're praying and you, give, you do the gimme prayer and God's not going to answer your prayer the way that you want Him to, but He has a much bigger picture involved than what we can ever see, can you trust? Can you have courage in the midst of the persecution? James, who's going to be the first of the apostles to give his life. In the Acts of the Apostles, James is martyred. He's the first one in. John lives the rest of his life, suffers tremendously, is boiled in oil and doesn't die, and then lives the rest of his life and dies an old age. He's the only one of the apostles who didn't die a martyr's death. Can you drink of the chalice that I'm going to drink of? We can. Why? Because we know that Jesus did it first. And he's not going to leave us and abandon us in the midst of our sufferings. He's not going to do it. He's going to be with us right in the midst of it. There's their purpose. They don't get discouraged. And so that's where I think that the second reading from Romans chapter 8 comes in. It's beautiful. It says, brothers and sisters, we know that all things work for the good of those who love God. Take that sticky note and put it on your mirror. Right? Take it off. Put it where you can see it every day. All things work for the good of those who love God. Now, underline all several times. Everything I go through is going to work for the good of those who love God. Everything. It means that the upcoming semester of what that's going to look like and everybody's wearing a mask and what's the school system going to do and all these crazy things that we're going through right now. If you love God, it's going to work for the good. Job situations, if you love God, it's going to work for the good. It's not going to discourage you whenever hard times are going to hit. If we love God, everything works for the good. Even the blessings, even the financial securities, even the job securities, and the good girlfriend, the good boyfriend, all that's going to work for the good of those who love God. Nothing should shake us. Nothing should shake us. Why? Because we have a God who loves us, And a God who's going to be with us in the midst of the suffering. 
And he's going to go before us and say, come on, follow me. Why? Because I have a much bigger plan than you can ever imagine. And it can't be limited by what you're going to ask me for. I'll hear you. Sometimes that prayer is in union with my will and I'm going to answer it. But sometimes I have a bigger picture. And so you just need to wait and see what that bigger picture is. If he would have answered my plea and my prayer for the girlfriend so that I could get married, I wouldn't be standing here. He knew me. He knows me. He knows that I would be much more happier as a priest than if I would have been married. My life is completely fulfilled in this way. It's what I'm created for. I just didn't, I just didn't want it. I ran hard. I had my Nikes on. I was gone. Right? And so this is where we stand today. You and I have voices that are lifting up to heaven in petition a lot, and that's good. We need to do that. We need to pray that the Lord heals our land. We need to pray the Lord heals our family. We need to pray these things. That is good. But it can never end with what I want it to be. We've got to put the comma. But not my will, but yours be done. Because I know the purpose in this is that I will walk with you, Jesus, and I will follow you. And if it means that I suffer with you, I would do that because I know that you've done it already and that you won't abandon me or forsake me. And you see the bigger picture. And your love for me is much greater than my love for you. And so if I'm going to be faithful to him, he's much more faithful to me. Right? And so let us come today. What are you bringing to Mass today? What's your petition? Who are you praying for? What's your intention? That's important. During the offertory, as we offer up the gifts that we're going to bring, offer your prayer, your petition, so that it, if this is what is in the will of God, then this is what will happen. And if it's not, then something greater is in store for us. Right? So let us offer that prayer and petition today in this Mass, um, knowing that our Heavenly Father wants to hear this. Amen.